2: Hey, here you are listening to our podcast. Uh, it's really good, but there's a magic button you can press right now that makes it even better. And that is the link in the show notes that lets you give us five bucks a month Canadian, which we'll use to make this show even better. Also, you can go to CanadaLandShow.com slash join. This is how we do this and we're always trying to improve it and we need your support. We rely on it. Help us out. We'll give you ad-free podcasts. Click the link in the show notes or CanadaLandShow.com slash join. Thank you. Thank you. Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks with a continually growing library curated for Canadians. Learn more at audible.ca slash Canada Land. Everything is better when you listen. Do you remember that unsolicited newspaper that got mailed to your house at the start of the pandemic? The Epoch Times? Are you tired of the media spinning the truth and pushing false narratives upon you? Well, take a look at this. The Epoch Times has been reporting on the most important issues facing both Canada and the world with unique insights that you can't get anywhere else. Okay, maybe it wasn't sent to every house. I got one and it was a lot page after page of screaming tabloid that seemed to blame China and its government for the coronavirus. Headlines and copy about bioweapons from Beijing and a Chinese plot to take over America. A lot of people wondered, what the hell is this? Is this propaganda? Is this racist? Why did they send it to me? What the hell is the Epoch Times? And then... The CBC tried to answer that question. It did not go well. The Epoch Times, a free newspaper found in street boxes, is coming under fire for advancing a conspiracy theory about the origin of the coronavirus and putting it straight into people's mailboxes unsolicited. They ran a story about the Epoch Times that relied on the account of an anonymous postal worker who did not want to deliver the paper to people's mailboxes.
0: It makes me feel like... You know, we're facing—humanity is facing an existential crisis, and I'm being forced to hand out weapons in a cage fight.
2: The CBC also quoted a white Canadian woman who thought that the paper was racist. The words racist and bioweapon were in the CBC's headline, which they later changed. And a lot of people, including a CBC staffer named Winston Zeto, spoke out against the story. Zeto said on Twitter that Chinese politics are really delicate— And even as a native Chinese speaker himself, he would be way more careful before reporting on this stuff, especially with his sourcing, which he said looked weak and sloppy in the CBC story. I mean, why were his Toronto colleagues reporting on public opinion in B.C. based on a couple of sources who are white? I mean, why not talk to more Chinese community members? Most importantly, he said, is that the CBC story aired by conflating anti-communist party ideology With anti Chinese racism. They're not the same thing. He personally disassociated himself from the whole article and he publicly apologized to BC's Chinese communities. But he also did not defend the Epoch Times. He called it a fringe publication that the CBC shouldn't even have stooped to cover. And then he deleted his tweets. And then the Canadian right-wing press attacked the CBC. Conrad Black and the Toronto Sun wondering why would the CBC do a hit piece on the Epoch Times, a paper brave enough to stand up to the human rights-abusing Beijing regime. I mean, the whole thing got so messy, it was hard to know what to think about any of it. And harder than ever to know just what the hell the Epoch Times is. I mean, all I knew about it before COVID was that it is somehow connected to the Falun Gong movement, a dissident religious group that you may have seen gently demonstrating on the street for the last 20 years or so. Anytime I've picked up a copy of the Epoch Times, I've found a bunch of stuff in there that actually looks like honest-to-God reporting from known honest-to-God reporters. And yes, it is a paper that has always taken a critical stand towards the Chinese government, coming from a group that has reason to criticize that government. But I don't know, maybe that's just what it used to be. I mean, suddenly, the Epoch Times feels like something else entirely. Today, our producer Tiffany Lamb presents her reporting on the Epoch Times to Canada Land's senior producer, Kasia Mihailovich. Who is behind this newspaper? Why did it show up in my mailbox? Whether or not it is in fact racist and how it became one of Donald Trump's favorite newspapers. I'll hand the show over to Kasha now. Wait for it.
1: This episode is brought to you by Matthew, Jesse Saunders, Heather Cardona, John Howison, Victoria State, J.R. Dingwall, Sonny Scarfone, and Hanny.
2: My name is Hanny, and
3: I'm a photographer in Windsor, Ontario. I support Canterland just because now more than ever, media li- literacy is very important. And Land is great just because it helps parse through what some major publications might be stumbling with some articles here and there. Um, I also support Canterland just because with series like the Commons podcast on long-term care homes and the Incredible Thunder Bay podcast, you guys really help paint a more vivid portrait of Canada that you
4: otherwise wouldn't see anywhere else.
1: And this episode is also brought to you by Crooked Media's weekly podcast, Keep It. They're telling their listeners about us, and we'd like to return the favor and let you know about this hilariously smart podcast, which, full disclosure, I used to edit. Each week, hosts Ira Madison III, Louis Vertel, and Aida Osman talk to comedians, journalists, actors, musicians, activists, politicians, basically everybody— and discuss the latest ways pop culture and entertainment are intersecting with politics and society. Plus, last week, Keep It had on Canadian royalty, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara talking about their critically acclaimed Canadian sitcom, you know it, Schitt's Creek. The Keep It crew delves deep, exploring everything from a scientific explanation for Moira's infamous accent that Catherine has perfected to Eugene's American Pie days. It's a Canada extravaganza episode over on Keep It, so make sure you start with that episode and work your way back through the archives. New episodes of Keep It drop every Wednesday. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is also brought to you by Article. They make beautiful furniture and home decor and ship it directly to you. Article makes it easy to create a calming and comforting space, and we could all use some of that right now. Article's designers focus on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They can keep their prices low by cutting out the middlemen and selling directly to you without a showroom, no salespeople, no retail markups. Plus, they are set up for fast, affordable shipping available across Canada. It's free on orders over $999.00. And all in-stock items are delivered in two weeks or less. And if you don't like it, you can return it or exchange it within 30 days. I've got my eye on the Linden Outdoor Dining Set. It's teak and steel and will look amazing in my new backyard. Article is offering Canada Land listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash CanadaLand to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Hi, Tiffany. Hey, Kasha. I'm going to read you a couple of the controversial headlines from that special edition of the Epoch Times that caught my eye. We've got how the Chinese Communist Party endangered the world. Beijing using 10,000 hijacked Twitter accounts to spread propaganda and China's bioweapons ambitions. So, Tiffany, what am I reading here? What is the Epoch Times?
0: Epoch Times is a newspaper that I was sort of familiar with, uh, that I think many in the Chinese community take with a grain of salt. I personally didn't get that special edition, but I was surprised that you got it, Kasia, and so did Jesse. Turns out it went out across Canada, in the US, and Australia too. I think even in Ireland. So I started looking into it and I found Chuck Kwan.
3: Hi, I'm Chuck Kwan. I'm a human rights activist. I'm a filmmaker and uh, I'm writing a book on my experience traveling around the world.
0: Chuck also is the former chairperson of the Toronto Association for Democracy in China. He led the organization for over 25 years and he's actually been interviewed by the Epoch Times himself. He's a guy familiar with the landscape of Chinese media in the North American context.
3: Epoch Times is a uh, newspaper uh, published out of New York, but it's got uh, editorial offices uh, around the world. And in Canada, I believe they have a Vancouver office, but the head office is in Toronto. It's an organization mainly staffed by Falun Gong practitioners, and either on a volunteer basis or on a pay basis. As such, it has a fairly biased slant.
0: Yeah, could you explain what Falun Gong is?
3: Right. Falun Gong was a uh, spiritual movement started by uh, a gentleman called Li Hongqiang. He currently lives in New York and has a big estate. He's like a, a spiritual leader. It is like a little bit like a cult following because they all believe in spiritual health and with the right mind and body you could overcome all kinds of disease. It started off as like a Tai Chi-like movement of meditation. They come to fame by doing a mass exercise in front of uh, Zhongnanhai, which is the residence and office of the kind of top leaders of the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing.
1: Okay, so similar to Rideau Hall or the West Wing. so. Was this exercise a protest? Why were they protesting there?
0: Yeah, so a Washington Post article from April 26th, 1999, reported that the protest was about some bad press that Falun Gong got in a Chinese magazine. Falun Gong was worried this would be a sign they would be banned by the government. Over 10,000 people were there. It's compared to the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests. And at the time-
3: It was believed that they have more members Than the Chinese Communist Party. So this is something that any Chinese emperor or any Chinese leader, at least the totalitarian ones, are very afraid of, is when you have a mass movement of people, be it a religion or be it social movement, that comes together, then they feel a threat. And this is especially true for the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing. They feel that threat. And right after that, sort of a very visible, very public exercise of protest in front of the government leader's office and residence in Zhongnanhai, they immediately banned it as a a cult.
1: It turns out they were right to worry. And it's still illegal to practice Falun Gong in China, right? That's right.
3: And to this day, a lot of Falun Gong practitioners would go underground and, and hide their identity and, of course, hide what they're doing. And outside of China, of course, they maintain a very, very active opposition to the Communist Party rule in Beijing.
0: This opposition includes daily protests in front of the Chinese consulate and their media empire, which includes the Epoch Times, a video production house, New Tongue Dynasty TV, and an entertainment troupe, Shen Yun. <laughs> Shenyun is that dance troupe that you may have
1: seen ads for. I definitely have seen Shenyun ads around. Yes.
2: The world
1: awaits. New Tang Dynasty TV does
0: run-of-the-mill newscasts.
4: Welcome to NTD News. I'm Jasmina
0: Davis, and here today's top stories. But they also run documentaries that have a clear political slant.
2: The specter of communism did not disappear with the disintegration
4: of the Communist Party in Eastern Europe. Our God-given rights are being silently eroded,
5: yet we are completely unaware. Videos and messages from Chinese citizens leaking through the censorship suggested the situation was much worse than what the regime was reporting. As my research progressed, initial answers turned into more questions. I soon realized there was much more to the story than we were being told.
0: So the Epoch Times is part of what's become a media empire run by Falun Gong. And it's popping up in unexpected ways. For example, I was at Yonge and Dundas Square recently, and this guy that's always there was holding this anti-CCP banner. It said, heaven will soon eliminate the CCP. Underneath it, epochtimes.com. Next, other people also who are yelling about the second coming, handing out free booklets on Islam, and you know, in the background there are these rappers trying to make it in Toronto. I only noticed this recently.
1: And what's the reporting in the newspaper like? Chuck actually
0: says that he has a decent impression of the reporting, though he admits that it has a bit of an anti-CCP political point of view.
3: They do quite a good job of um, doing investigative journalism about things they care about. Their agenda is basically to bring down the CCP. So in that sense, it it, it tinged a lot of their reporting, meaning that they would dig into a lot more and a lot harder on issues that might show corruption in, in China, uh, Chinese leadership, uh, as well as persecution of the Falun Gong practitioners.
0: But Chuck also noticed that during the 2016 American presidential election, their coverage shifted to American leaders.
3: I start noticing that they become very pro-Trump uh, to the to the point of you know attacking Hillary or Joe Biden. Uh, You can be pro-Trump all you want. You have freedom of expression. But what I find disturbing is when they get into attacking Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Obama, you're getting into domestic American politics. You're becoming a right-wing media.
0: And there's evidence of this. In 2019, NBC reporters Brandi Zadrozny and Ben Collins did this huge investigation into the Epoch Times.
1: Oh, yeah. And what did they find?
0: They went through Facebook's advertising archive and the paper's tax filings, and they found that the Epoch Times spent more than $1.5 million on about 11,000 pro-Trump advertisements in six months. NBC found that this was more than any organization outside of the Trump campaign itself.
1: So what did the Epoch Times have to say about this? Were you able to get in touch with them? I did.
0: It took a lot of cajoling, uh, but I did finally get in touch with Joelle Etienne.
4: My name is Joel Etienne. Uh, I am uh, with Public Affairs at Epoch Times. I've been with Epoch Times since really the beginning. Um, and so that's probably cl- close to 20 years. Joel says none of these ads were actually pro-Trump. That's not what that was. We spent we spent some resources on actually chasing after, you know, again, getting 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 paid subscribers for our uh, for a publication and because on one of the i believe you know one of the pictures of of the of of a picture not of the not of the administration of the president but a picture of a news of our newspaper that had the president i believe on the front page right uh is you know they decided that that was pro-trump advertising i mean that's google bonkers i mean the, you know the guy's face you know, ended up uh, being, you know, by the way, had you lost in 2016, you would have still been like one of the most published faces, right? You know, uh, in the history of humanity and till till today, because it's such a it's such a noisy White House. Right. That's a practical reality. Uh, and so, no, 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 no way, no how that we would spend one penny to to push it, to, to push, to, to push a specific politician, et cetera.
0: Thing is, NBC has a different description of those ads. They describe them as videos where people go through a newspaper praising Trump, exposing the deep state and criticizing fake news media. NBC also reported that before 2016, the Epoch Times stayed out of U.S. politics, unless they had something to do with China. But since Trump's election, their coverage has pivoted and it's working. NBC reported that the Epoch Times has doubled their revenue and it's become way more popular in the broader Western conservative media world. How do we see this playing out? Well, NBC reports that the president's Facebook page posted Epoch Times content at least half a dozen times last year. Donald Trump Jr. has also tweeted stories, and so has Republican Senator Ted Cruz. He shared an article that he was quoted in. Most recently, though, Trump's team invited an Epoch Times reporter into the White House press briefing. They allowed this new reporter, even though there were COVID restrictions on the number of journalists that could be in that space. The Washington Post reported this as special treatment because they were sympathetic to the president. And Trump, indeed, took a question from the Epoch Times directly.
4: Yes, please.
5: Thank you, Mr. President. I have a question on the peace deal, but if you don't mind, could I defer my question
3: to Khan from Epoch Times?
4: Sure, yes, please, thank you. Mr. Please.
3: President, um, thank you.
1: I would like to ask your opinion about uh, what recently happened in Hong
4: Kong, recent attack on uh, press freedom in Hong Kong, and Jimmy uh, Lai uh, was arrested, his newsroom uh, was raided. Uh, How will the U.S. respond to this? Well, I think it's a terrible thing, but one...
1: Okay, that seems like a huge step up for them.
0: Yeah, and I think being welcome to the White House legitimizes them. This is even after Facebook banned the Epoch Times from any future advertising on the platform after that NBC investigation. YouTube, though, is still running their videos, and we know that corners of YouTube can be very good at spreading the internet's fringier conspiracy theories to reach the mainstream. Think anti-vaccination propaganda and QAnon. Chuck actually hadn't heard about this NBC investigation, and it really seemed to make an impression.
3: When you show me that report and from the NBC, and I I'm, I'm really, really surprised. I'm looking at the uh, Epoch Times now with a different, very different view, with a different eye now in, uh, in what they're doing.
5: It's my belief that the Epoch Times used my legitimate reporting as a smokescreen for their far-right political messaging. And it's embarrassing to uh, have my name and my reporting be used as a smokescreen for uh, what I believe to be their political activities.
0: This is William Kablensky-Varela. He wrote for the Epoch Times for about five months in 2017.
1: And what made him think that he was being used as
0: a smokescreen? William told me that everything was going fine. But then one day, one of his pitches got rejected.
5: At one point, Donald Trump had suggested moving the American immigration system to a merit based system, uh, loosely based on Canada. So I pitched a story. Well, what can Canada's merit based immigration system teach? Uh, America teach Donald Trump well I thought it was a fairly straightforward story and they said oh no that's going to make Donald Trump look bad we can't run that kind of story and I mean personally I thought it was just an ordinary story that wouldn't make anyone look good or bad but considering their extreme sensitivity on making Donald Trump look bad it became obvious to me that uh, they weren't who I thought they also used the kind of language that you Wouldn't normally hear journalists say.
0: I asked him to read the email from his editor at the time, Joan Delaney who, as far as I can tell, still works there now.
5: Hi, Will. I talked to our chief editor about this, and he said the story will come across as anti-Trump, so we're not interested. The thing is, just about every media out there is anti-Trump, but we've been trying to take a different approach and report on the positive things he's been doing. Apparently, there are more pros and cons to what he's trying to do with immigration, but the Democrats and the media are focusing only on the cons. I'm sorry because you've already put in some time into this. I should have told you initially, I guess. Anyway, now that you know where we stand on Trump, you'll have this info going forward. Joan.
0: I put this to Joel Etienne, the public affairs guy from the Epoch Times. We heard from a freelance journalist who worked at the Epoch Times that his editor uh, turned down a pitch on the grounds that it came across as too critical of Trump's immigration policies, that Epoch Times was trying to take a different approach from other media. Why did Epoch Times adopt this strategy then?
4: I don't know that that's correct, you know, I mean, obviously, this is not a person that would have had a, a personal con- contact with me, but you know, I would tell you if I was acting editor that day, and, you know, assuming that everything this person says is correct, and I was the editor that day, and this is relevant information, and I, you know, by, you know, by the likes of it, if it's well sourced, and it's a proper article, and it sounds perfectly fine, I'd publish it, and i have no problems doing it, right? I have zero problems being critical of, of, of the president or, or his opponent.
1: I'm guessing William would disagree with Joelle that the Epoch Times doesn't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, those emails from the editor definitely suggest that the Epoch Times does have a problem with being critical of Trump. William had a theory, actually, about why this happened and why the Epoch Times pivoted to Trump. And it supports what the NBC investigation found when it tracked how they were spending their advertising budget
5: at the time. I remember thinking that the the reason why they wanted to be to occupy that pro-trump uh, ecosystem was because, basically, they saw it as a market that was underexploited. There weren't enough uh, kind of mainstream, news organizations, so-called, who were uh, going into the pro-Trump sphere and that they could capitalize on all those readers. I remember thinking that at the time and that it was a kind of like cynical ploy because I couldn't imagine why would a Falun Gong newspaper be pro-Trump. It didn't make like a lot of logical sense to me.
1: So that's the backstory. The Epoch Times had already made a kind of strategic choice to become part of the far right media ecosystem in order to increase its reach and its revenue. Okay, and then the pandemic hit and that same far right media ecosystem is spreading conspiracy theories about the coronavirus. We get the Epoch Times special edition, which gets mailed out to households, across this country, and actually around the world.
0: Yeah, and far-right media, I'd say, is spreading a whole range of misinformation about the virus, encouraged, of course, by social media platforms and their algorithms. Now, I want to point out the difference between misinformation, which is wrong, but people spreading it believe it's true, and disinformation, which is malicious and cynical propaganda. I don't know where the Epoch Times Special Edition falls in this continuum, But I think this paper has parts that present COVID-19 as a top-down conspiracy from the Chinese Communist Party in order to infect the world. So let's go through what reading this special edition is like. There's a lot of focus on a Chinese government cover-up. For example, under the headline, How Beijing's Cover-Up Led to a Global Pandemic, this article by Nicole Howe says that, quote, from the beginning of the outbreak, the regime underreported infection and death toll figures. The packaging of the paper, the inflammatory headlines in the front page above the fold, all pushes this malicious cover-up story. And here's where I think it veers into misinformation. There's this editorial called China's Bioweapon Ambitions, where there's a section on P4 Labs. I'll read a quote. The West has yet to grasp the underlying motive for China's ready participation in P4 microbiology labs, where the world's most deathly microbes are studied. Do
1: they tell you what the underlying motive is in that editorial? I mean, I don't think they really report one. They don't report a legitimate reason. Like,
0: the closest thing is this quote from a retired general from a secret communist cadre meeting 20 years ago, where he says that a bioweapon program is important for the Chinese renaissance.
1: Okay, that's, yeah, I mean, that's not exactly a smoking gun. No, it's not, but it's very
0: suggestive. And then they get into this whole story about a Chinese virologist in Winnipeg, Dr. Guoqiu. They report how she made frequent trips to Wuhan, Okay. Twice a year for two years. The piece then reports that Chiu was investigated by the RCMP for a possible policy breach. All of these suggestive links and inferences are really brought home with this question that the article asks. It reads, is the novel coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan an accident occasioned by weaponizing the virus at that lab?
1: I mean, wow, that is quite a grand malicious cover up theory, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's a pretty major claim. So I wanted to run it by Jenna McLaughlin.
6: I am a national security and investigations reporter for Yahoo News.
0: Early in the pandemic, Jenna started looking into this very question, asking her sources in the U.S. intelligence community and scientific communities whether there was any evidence that the novel coronavirus was engineered in a Wuhan lab.
6: That has pretty much been something that has been explicitly ruled out by both the scientific community and the intelligence community. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence published a statement saying that they had actually ruled out that theory, which is fairly unusual for the intelligence community to say something like that as it's in the midst of continuing its investigation to formally rule something out, which I think suggests that they felt a need to back up the prevailing scientific evidence that... Looking at the samples that we've received, there would be indicators, there would be markers that could show that humans had tampered with something that was natural, and those have not been there.
0: But Jenna also had some other questions.
6: I covered the intelligence community quickly and it was was immediately thinking, you know, how is the intelligence community gonna be looking at this pandemic? How are they going to be looking at how other countries have been handling it? Whether that involves publicizing the data or or covering some of that information up, Um, and also just trying to dig into the origin of the disease itself. And one of the theories is the possibility that a natural sample of the virus, not an engineered bioweapon or anything like that, could have been present at the Wuhan Virology Lab in China. There is a theory that scientists working in the Wuhan virology lab or another scientific research institution within China accidentally came in contact with a sample of the virus in their lab, that an animal bit them, that they accidentally discarded a a vial of the virus, and as a result, that virus leached into humans and wreaked havoc with the rest of the world. And while that theory has been sort of declared unlikely by the scientific community, it has not been ruled out. Hang on. So
1: maybe I miss this in everything that's been happening. The theory that the virus originated from a Chinese lab is actually not totally out of the question?
0: No, it seems that the American intelligence community has not ruled it out completely.
1: Okay, so there's maybe like a tiny kernel of truth in here. Well, that's the thing about misinformation.
0: It comes from a tiny potential kernel of truth. But there's a responsible way to report that kernel of truth.
6: I think it's impossible to know at this point uh, whether or not it is true. Uh, you would need a whistleblower from the lab to say there was a sample of this coronavirus in the lab that we were studying and something happened with it. A vial broke, You know, an animal bit one of us. You would need somebody to definitively say that or you would need to intercept definitive communications traffic that showed that Chinese officials were discussing um either the possibility or or the conclusion that there was an accident and that they were covering it up. Those are the extremely sensitive, uh juicy details that, you know, probably will not enter the public sphere for quite some time if they are there. I am extremely careful to sort of be definitive about anything. I, I'd rather lend uh my conclusions towards Levels of confidence in the intelligence community, they say we range from, you know, high to low confidence based upon these sources and, and this information that we have both in the public and within secret methods of gathering. Uh, and, and I think that this is definitely low confidence. It's, it's low probability. Did you bring up the special coronavirus edition
1: when you talked to Joelle, the Epoch Times spokesperson? Yes, I did.
0: So I just want to turn back to the uh, special issue itself and read a quote. This is a communist virus. And with the name CCP virus, the Epoch Times reminds the world of the cure ending the Chinese Communist Party. I believe this is the last sentence from that front page editorial. Do you see how calling the CCP virus the source of the virus could be understood by some as... Accusing the CCP of creating or perhaps engineering the virus?
4: Uh, no, I, I don't see that at all. I mean, I you know, the you know the the, the 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 practical reality in terms of the reporting that we've done in terms of the facts on the grounds that we found um, at the Epoch Times is that is that clearly the CCP. Was not very professional in their handling of this pandemic. Uh, ergo, the pandemic is now worldwide.
0: I just want to read another passage then. Like, there is understandable concern about the activities of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, China's only P4 lab, one meant for working with easily transmitted pathogens that can cause fatal illness. As the official narratives offered for the source of the virus have been disproven, questions have been raised about whether the CCP virus leaked from this institute. Mm -hmm. There is no reliable intelligence or scientific evidence that demonstrates that the virus was engineered or leaked from this lab. Why would Epoch Times choose to raise that question then?
4: It's an interesting question, and um, I'll answer it in this way. There is media out there, uh, and, and granted, that have an agenda uh, and want to push, uh, you know, one version of, of what happened, uh manufa- lab manufactured or the the, the, the you know the the, the 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 a natural occurrence emanating from from the food market etc um, the epoch times is not that media uh, we 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 don't have uh, an opinion as to how the virus uh, emanated into the population uh, whether it was manufactured whether it came from a lab whether it was intentionally released or unintentionally released, was it just a natural occurrence. Um, We certainly, we don't, I mean, you know, and and I want to stress this, we don't have an opinion. What I think is important for us is is to source all the facts that we can get, figure things out, um, and 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 not be close-minded as to the, the the different variables of possibilities that are out there, as long as they're sourced in facts. And the idea that after the two months in, three months in, because you have to look at it. I mean, our special edition is getting a little dated now, right? But I mean, two months in, three months in, to think at that time, at that point in time, that there was an actual static, you know, final scientific consensus as to you know what it is that actually occurred. Uh, mean no, you know, and and, and 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 uh we we've got we've got no bone in that fight. There's one
0: piece for instance called China's Bioweapon Ambitions and it reads The ruling Chinese Communist Party considers biological weapons to be the most important weapons for accomplishing their goal of cleaning up America. It says this strategy would be important for the Chinese Renaissance.
4: Yeah, but you got to be fair. But you know, be, because I think what you're doing, and, and like, and, and I don't criticize the question.
0: My question is that can you understand how that this could be potentially misleading?
4: Not at all, because I think here's here's the thing, and I, and I just, I, I, I mean, I don't, don't want to be stubborn just to be stubborn. You're, you're taking, you know, you're taking a system of accountability, a Western system that has checks and balances, that has congressional committees, that has legal courts where you can say your, you can say your say without getting kidnapped in the middle of the night and killed and by the way we've been reporting about these human rights abuses for years and years we are experts and specialists in how and how and how vicious this regime can be and so if you've got somebody on the record who's a, who had a high function and who, and who can say this is what's going on that has value I think this is again coming coming back to this apologist view of you. Of, of the CCP, which is not accurate based on the facts.
1: Wow, that's pretty tense. Did he just call you a CCP apologist? Maybe. I I kept trying to talk about how this coverage can encourage
0: anti-Chinese racism, but he was pretty good at bringing it all back to the CCP.
4: What, what is it that, you know, what is it that the, the Epoch Times is accused of doing, of being unfair to the Chinese Communist Party?
0: I really think you're sidestepping my question about the potentially unintended consequence of this type of coverage and the type of leaps that can be made from these pieces. With all
4: due respect, I think it's absolutely the other way around. I think I think there's I think you know what what bothered me about the CBC and what bothers me about a certain uh, aspect of our media community is this idea that because we're critical uh, of the Chinese Communist Party based on the facts that it, that in exchange for that. Um, we should be lumped in with with a bunch of extremist cuckoos. We're not a media with, with, with an agenda. We're not what the CBC was trying to portray us.
1: Ah, yes, the CBC article. That's the one that reported that people were calling out the Epoch Times special edition for being racist and making dangerous claims. Here, it sounds like Joelle thinks that the CBC's piece unfairly portrays the Epoch Times as extremist cuckoos.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it sounds like the Epoch Times actually lodged a complaint with the CBC. But the thing is, I I do think that the special edition can be read as racist. And I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence, but I don't really trust the general public to make the distinction between the CCP and Chinese people at large. How do you mean? For example, like, since COVID has started, Vancouver has reported a 600% increase in racist incidents against Asian people. An indigenous person got attacked for looking East Asian enough. And the perfect example of this, of course, is John McCash, the guy who freaked out in the TNT, refusing to wear a mask at an Asian supermarket. This is a lie. This is a communist socialist. He yells at an Asian person that this is a communist virus, as if it's his fault, as if every Chinese person was a member of the Communist Party.
4: Where did we get our Wuhan communist virus
1: from? China, from From you guys.
4: Communist virus. The communist. The communist. communist, Where are you from? So
2: where are you from? No, where are you from? I'm Canadian. I told you I have asthma. I have asthma.
0: So even though the Epoch Times thinks they're making a distinction between the CCP and Chinese people, they're not being racist, they're just trying to appeal to a new audience, I think there's kind of some collateral damage here that Chinese people need to bear the brunt of in their day-to-day lives.
5: See,
3: Epoch Times has to know that um, you know you have to be sensitive to what what the audience out there is thinking or what your readers are thinking. You know, as a newspaper, as a media, you have to be responsible. You have to think through what you write, what you show on screen, can have an intended impact, uh, especially on issues such as racism. That's very naive to think that by telling quote-unquote the truth that people will understand right away and and stop whatever their previous biases and discrimination are. Um, Especially in racial tension, it is easily triggered. Uh, Any racial discrimination, any racial biases is easily triggered by emotion. And no amount of so-called quote-unquote truth-telling is enough to rectify that. Uh, and this is something that I, I find it very naive to, to believe that you can just say, oh, CCP is not the China and, uh, and, and CCP is not the Chinese people. So don't discriminate the Chinese people.
1: And we've actually seen this playing out on a much, much bigger scale.
4: COVID-19. That name gets further and further away from China as opposed to calling it the Chinese virus. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. I could give you many, many names. Some people call it the Chinese flu, the China flu, right? They call it the China as opposed to China. The China. Kung flu. Kung flu.
1: So 2020 is this year in which a -a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic that happened to originate in China hits the world just as the reelection campaign heats up for a president who has made standing up to China on the world stage a pillar of his populist right-wing platform by launching a trade war and pushing back against Huawei. And the president's tendency throughout the pandemic has been to politicize the virus and to blame China for it. And we can see how Canada has been drawn into this growing confrontation. America asks us to arrest Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial officer of Huawei. Right. And then China retaliates, arrests two Canadians in China, Michael
0: Kovrig and Michael Spavor. And COVID-19 seems like another political tool within this growing tension between the US, Canada and China. This is the wider context in which the Epoch Times special edition landed. And to Chuck, it's a kind of deja vu. Are you at all worried that anti-chinese discrimination could get much worse again as you know xi jinping and the ccp come into confrontation with the us and, and even canada
3: yes very much so um we always go. i mean for for years we always talk about look at what happened to the japanese japanese canadians uh in the 1940s 41 42 when they they got put in the internment camp because their country of origin or their from two generations ago are now fighting a war with the West. Things in the world have not improved uh, in, in terms of racial, in terms of discrimination, since then. And I I am afraid that every time we have something involved with China, there is uh, you know detrimental to the say Western. Alliance, we get blamed. You know, it can be easily explained away, saying, "Okay, you know, people uh, shouldn't be equating uh, COVID nineteen with Chinese virus." But you know, if, every time, um, for example, you know, I know way back in maybe 20, 30 years ago, when uh, when there was some Chinese spies, uh, actually Ch- uh, Chinese Americans who were caught spying for China, getting some nuclear secret out in, in from California, Chinese get blamed. Because they say all the Chinese are spying for Communist China, and you know they're against the American values. So this is what happened, and in a sense, I hope it won't come to that. But a lot of things um, with Meng Wanzhou and Huawei, um, I think it's also a bit of that right now. I mean, we have two Michaels uh, being held hostage uh, by China against Canada. You see that everybody wants Canada to be stronger with the Indian China. That's fine. That's perfectly f- fantastic. But I'm not sure about the sublimo messaging or pe- the message that people get. Are They start blaming Chinese Canadians for what Chinese are doing to the two Michaels. I'm not sure. So this is something that we have to be very, very, very careful Especially when you're like Epoch Times, when you're running a a media business, you have to be very careful what you're doing.
1: That's your Canada Land. If you like the show, you can get it ad free for five bucks a month by clicking on the show notes or going to com slash join. You can email my boss, Jesse Brown, at jesse at dot com. He reads them all. We are on Twitter, at Canadaland. Our website is canadalandshow.com. I'm Kasia Mihailovic. The senior producer for this episode is Roslyn Kufour and reporting by Tiffany Lamb. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at CFUV.ca.